This is Scott Pilgrim vs. the Minute 109. Welcome to the Scott Pilgrim vs. the Minute podcast, a show where we review and analyze the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World one minute at a time. He's from PodcastDerby.com. It's Dave Castile. Hello. Hello. And joining us also from StreamingNonsense.com, it's Sam Brown. It's me. Yep. And I'm Brian it's Mission, me, and I'm Sam. from both of them. I'm from both. You can find me on both. So, so that makes you Sam and Mine's love child. Exactly. I, I am I am what's the result of place to go those two places. so uh, we're picking up here with the very end of the film and rolling into the credits um, so we uh, pick up with Scott having said I thought maybe we could try again uh, Ramona smiles and uh, takes Scott's hand and uh, they walk down the street towards that white door with a black star on it and uh, the door opens and it's all black inside they walk through and disappear into the shadows and we get the uh, electronic uh, game voice saying continue in the countdown of 987654321 with the camera panning up showing us lovely Toronto. And uh, we pop into credits. So any thoughts on that last bit there before we get into our couple minutes like here the, of credits? So. I like the Monsters, Inc. door. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a door anywhere. It's, it's lit up by a child's laughter. So. Yeah, I I want to say that I really love the camera shot here of you know, like between them as they walk toward the door and you see their hands, but also like it's not an original thing. <laughs> right, it was in the <laughs> like uh, it's right book. out of the book yeah. basically. That's cool though. Um, yeah, and they just kind of walk walk right through it and that's that's our film. Um and and we get the one last game moment. With the continue, yes, with the continue which I, thing, I adore like yeah. that touch at the very end. Yep, because uh, it's always like the the sequel's coming, is it? And it's continue right ten, nine eight seven. Yeah, and and I don't think that there's no sequel book, so I don't think it continues. But yeah, uh, like the story goes on outside of this movie, which is always a favorite element of mine. Uh, like you, you know the. You give a story weight by saying something came before it, something comes after it, mm-hmm. and well, what are your their thoughts, story continues. What are your thoughts on where they go from here? I, I always picture they ended up in Calgary, um, so uh, <laughs> obviously where they go. <laughs> like that's where that door goes. So I don't know why I thought that. Do you guys have any thoughts on uh, what happens next, or have you even given thought? I have not. No. The movie's over. I yep. mean, they 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 go into the Monsters Inc. door, and that's it. That's it. So, um, so subspace highway. Exactly. Yeah. So how we're going to handle the credits? We're still going to break them up by minute, and because each section of credits is, you know, actually works out really well with how they're segmented. So we're going to take a time here, whereas the section of credits that shows it, it, the minute ends where it, the cast finishes, and it shows like stunt coordinator Brad Allen at the bottom of the screen. But we're going to take this moment here because it shows the cast. And we're just going to talk about what we thought of the cast. And uh, in general, did we feel like, you know, how, how was the quality of the persons uh, that were in the film? And, I mean, obviously the number one one we got to talk about is what do we all think of Michael Sarah? when it comes down to it here? Good casting, bad casting? I mean, did he really play the role the way you hoped? Sam, you read the books. Dave, you didn't. What are your guys' thoughts? Sam, go. Oh, 
Uh, I can't not see Michael Sarah in this role now. Right. And I, I read the books, I believe, after I saw the movie. So, you know, regardless of, of how Scott Pilgrim is drawn in the book, it's still like Michael Sarah's um, version of this character that I hear in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Did you find his performance to be really strong then with it uh you know he he presents a really compelling self-absorbed scott pilgrim type character like it it works really well i think and dave what do you think i'm i'm not the biggest michael Sarah fan um i don't dislike him but i'm not you know he's not he's not a draw for me Mm -hmm. uh he, he did fine um yeah you know i think the it the, the shaggy hair thing he was perfect for i mean yeah <laughs> uh you know because it's it's that's kind of the way he is anyway right so mm-hmm. you never really picture michael Sarah with with combed hair or anything like that or perfectly coiffed or whatever so it's obviously what they cast for too it was just like can you pull off like a kind of a shaggy head of hair do you think <laughs> and yeah. he just walks like, into the room like hey you got it uh <laughs> So. Man, he really knows how to wow, build this character in the and, audition. And he has a great, I just like his delivery. I mean, he very, he yeah. can play the little meek, you know, but honestly, his is also is just way to present himself as the badass he was during the fight scenes in just the way he, uh, you know, filled up that screen. Yeah, I have trouble picturing anybody else uh, in the role, uh, but uh, I, I thought he was perfectly cast. I'm, I, I do see where Dave's saying not the biggest fan, and there are some actors that just don't work in other th- in certain things. Um, but I don't think he was bad in this role. Yeah, that's the the thing is is in my opinion, Michael Sarah is always the same character. Uh, he's he's right. like Jack Nicholson. He's he's always the same uh, thing. He didn't have to step very far out of his role, out of who he is, to to fit this role. And, and because of that, it was fine. Right. Um, but definitely, but see, look at how they know. built the Scott Pilgrim character around like the fight sequences, which I, when I think of Scott Pilgrim, I don't think of those fight sequences right off, but that's something you don't typically see Michael Sarah doing. Right. And it, he pulled that off really well as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It was some stunts that were actually him. Sure. Yeah. With stunt doubles, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, sure. I mean, <laughs> stunt doubles accepting, but, but it's, it's his portrait. Like they're playing him in those. Yeah. Action no, sequences, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I liked him. If you want to see him do something a little bit against type, see uh, This Is The End. Um, <laughs> yeah, you keep saying I just, that. I love him in that because they all play themselves in that. So yeah. he's Michael Sarah playing Michael a version Sarah, of themselves. but he's, he's playing a, a very different character than what we've been used to. So it kind of gives you this glimpse of this is probably what he, this is what he's really like. It's kind of like teasing <laughs> that. This is what my, so Michael Sarah I don't Sarah think he'd want that. you to believe that's what he's really like. But he plays it really funny. He's yeah. quite funny in that. So, uh, well, let's r- roll through the band a little bit here, and then we'll get into um, Ramona. But let's just quickly bullet point through the band with, uh, you know, Allison Pill as Kim, Mark Weber as Steven, and uh, Johnny Simmons as young Neil. What do you guys think about them? Yeah, big thumbs, thumbs up. up. Big yeah, thumbs up for them. all of them. It was loved all of them. Yeah, they were. Kim was Kim was amazing. Um, she kind of nailed that emo without being emo role. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of distance <laughs> doesn't care, but yeah. Um, like I hate you all, but yeah. I love this band and I love you people. It's such a weird yeah. place to be in. But, but I need I need acceptance from something. 
and the she delivery loves. of sarcasm all the way back to the beginning you know when we first see her and, and her throughout. tone never changes her tone it's never awesome. changes i think the, the trivia said she actually only blinks once in the entire film <laughs> uh th so th all her scenes where the camera's on her she doesn't blink now somebody yeah. actually had to notice that i guess so it's just a weird yeah. bit of trivia and i don't know if that was intentional or not but yeah she only blinks once uh steven played uh, steven stills uh played by mark weber just great played that neurotic uh yeah, anxious band leader band leader and uh and then, he's really driven but it drives it gives me so much anxiety at the same time right and you know the anxiety Tell them what you're talking about. <laughs> what What else do I know him from? Yeah, I looked him up. And looking him up. Yeah, I looked him up, and honestly, I just uh, I couldn't nail down anything that uh, I would know. He's been in just a lot of movies, but nothing really big that I've seen. But uh, and I'm he looking, looks very different now. I mean, gosh, he looks. I don't even recognize him. Um, and then what about Johnny Simmons? Uh, young Neil, I thought he was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it was. There's another one. He was pretty expressionist, kind of through the whole thing, and he, he kind of kept that same. Um, basically, all the energy got sucked out of Kim and Young Neil and put into um, Stephen. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and I think the I mean, some of the best moments of Young Neil was early on. You know, the the whole scene with uh, when Knives is asking him, "What do you do?" You know, and I play <laughs> Tetris play? and <laughs> yeah. Zelda. That's a, that's a really tough question. Complicated questions. <laughs> see them live; they're much better live. Yep. Um, you know the delivery of those types of lines is is kind of important. Mm -hmm. You know. Sorry. So let's let's jump into Ramona, and then we'll uh, finish off with uh, a couple other cast members. About knives. Well, we're gonna get there. Oh, okay. We're gonna get there. Doing, doing... I, I'm okay. jumping around on you. Okay. <laughs> I, they don't know how to handle this, really. <laughs> I know you're rolling down the credits in order here, and I'm jumping around on you. But yeah, uh, yeah now nah, uh, let's talk about Ramona. Um, I mean, it's yeah, Dave's got the big heart I'm there making for her. the heart hand. Um, he, Dave has always been a Mary Elizabeth Winstead fan. Oh yeah, from the beginning. Um, I've <laughs> only known her Sky from, High. Um, yeah. Yes, I don't know if I saw Sky High. I only know her from like that Die Hard movie, the one with the she looked Justin she looked Long really bad and, in in those. Yeah, the, she played compared to this or Sky High. Yeah, she was John McClane's daughter in that. But this is this is one where it shows some interesting acting skills because she's she really goes from. You know, it, with scenes where she's just kind of alone with Scott is when you get the most emotion out of her. But when other people are around her, she's very dry and emotionless. Uh, but how she flips that on and off with scenes with Scott, like they have that whole first night together and they're all like happy and snuggly and all that. Then the next morning he's like, you know, I have this band. She's like all of a sudden cold and doesn't care. Mm. I just You're thought, a band. yeah, yeah. And she's like, you know, do you want to come? She's like, oh, I guess, whatever. Yeah, it's just her her way to flip the switch on the emotions throughout the movie were really great. I can't I can't picture anybody else in it, but you know it's something we'll do. We're going to talk about a recasting someday, but not today. Yeah, no, I I thought I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who else was was up for that, but she she kind of nailed it. Uh, and the ability to you know change the hair and pull it off, and mm -hmm. and that's that's one like when I talk with with other people, hey, have you ever seen Scott Pilgrim? And a lot of people go blue hair mm -hmm. you know <laughs> she's kind of the iconic um you know about grannies is that <laughs> <laughs> so all right sam any thoughts on uh her there I, I i like her in this role a lot yeah um i i i can't think of someone else i'd 
also see, and that's a recasting question, but it like that sort of punky aesthetic is something that I could see other people doing, but mm -hmm. she, she, she brings a great personality to this character. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, both in the uh, sort of detached affection and the concern and the, the fighting and, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's a, it's, it's a difficult line to walk to show um, sort of affection for someone, but still maintaining your detachment from that relationship yeah. that, you know, the, the Ramona character does throughout, at least in the movie. And we had a lot of love line episodes where we talked about the relationship conversations between uh, Ramona and Scott and the two of them really pulling a lot of those conversations off, such as the, do we want to go to the, you know, the after party or not? Uh, and, and really delivering those lines as they probably would really be delivered. That's the thing. You watch acting, you watch, uh, you know, actors with a script. And yeah, they're, they're, they're performing and they got a performance so it would be real. But a lot of times with movies, acting is, it's like, yeah, but nobody really talks like that in real life. That's just, that's the movies. It's bigger than us. But this, I mean, we've had these conversations with people. You know, you, you've had that conversation go that way with that pacing, with that emotion. And, uh, you know, you really believe that these two people were still trying to figure each other out in their dating lives. When we think back on this as a, I, I, I think the, the minute by minute reflection is a really fascinating way to take this because you realize that a lot of these conversations, these relationship, these heavy relationship conversations happened over the course of seconds, right? Less than a minute. <laughs> and to convey the character and the emotion, you know, the situation, the gravity, like all those elements of the, of the character and the personality in less than a minute of flashes uh, of these interactions is really, I think, difficult to do and to pull off convincingly. So, okay. And, uh, well, then we have knives. So we, uh, we've all talked and raved about knives throughout, uh, one, we just love the actress's portrayal of that innocent schoolgirl, mm -hmm. and just, the things that are interesting to her, you know, what these kids in school are doing, this person's dating this person and, uh, you know, how it just evolves into what we get at the end, which is a grown up, you know, responses, grown up decisions. Uh, start with Dave. what do you think about knives? And, I, uh, I, I Ellen loved her. Um, and we saw, uh, kind of as, you know, as a character and as the actress, we saw the evolution from, yeah, the the uniformed schoolgirl to the you know badass at the end with the psi, you mm -hmm. know, fighting on on top of Gideon's pyramid. There, um, we, we it was it was a gradual growth, and we kept seeing it, and kept seeing it, kept seeing it. So it wasn't sudden, or right. it wasn't you know if if you look back, it's like okay, yeah, this all makes sense. It was you know we saw the escalation of her emotions and and what was going on, and uh, and and she nailed it, uh, and she was able to pull that off. Yep. Sam, what'd you, I know you love her. What'd you think of her? <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of appreciation for Ellen Wong and how she uh, pulled off the, the Knives character. Yeah, I mean, with, the, with that evolution, because we have the, you know, that all-in-awe schoolgirl, and then she goes through that crazy phase of, you know, post-breakup where she's, you know, cutting her hair and coloring her hair and trying to get jealousy factor with young Neil and just has her crazy moments in the middle. And then kind of comes back down to earth a little bit and gets focused and now is going to, you know, be that fight girl at the end. Um, great evolution. And, 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 you, and you could and argue that maybe she, uh, 
she grew more than Scott did by the end. Like she's potentially more mature through that or at least yeah. learned lessons and mm -hmm. there's no argument she grew more than scott did by the end yeah. um absolutely uh, she was she became a responsible adult scott was still questionable um, but keeping in mind like she became a responsible adult in the last few seconds like it <laughs> well no that's what i'm she, saying is that she, we she, that whole fight at the end she she was still not handling this appropriately yeah i would say we saw the last bit the the start of it was at the well, define appropriate for anything in this movie <laughs> sure None of that was appropriate. but i'll say i'll disagree I'll, I'll say though that we saw that really last stage of the growth or the the beginning stages of that growth that she had made to making adult decisions was when she came to see them at the katianaga fight where she just yeah. I, I just came to see you I guys play see show yeah. You know, and she I think she was still plotting. Well, sure, but she wasn't um cuz didn't she meet Ramona in the in the bathroom or something or am I thinking of the book? Well, no, that was earlier when she was going through crazy hair, you know, changing her, you know, appearance no, there's phase. A, I, I'm sorry, there's a scene in the book where where they meet in the bathroom and she like kind of approaches Ramona and Ramona slams her against the wall oh, and they okay. have a little interaction. Um, so I, and I wonder if the scene we saw earlier in the bathroom was like a transposition of that. Gotcha. So anyway, the point is that there's, there was a lot more happening in the background of the book and some of my memory is a little tough to separate from that, but, uh, definitely a, a cool character. And then lastly of the big characters, um, was Wallace. So Kieran Culkin, and then we'll rapid fire <laughs> through the rest of the characters, but we, we love Wallace. I think he's our favorite throughout. Uh, there isn't a bad Wallace scene. Nope. Uh, there isn't a scene with Wallace in it that I wish the scene would just move along. I wish there was more Wallace. I wish there was more Wallace. <laughs> yeah. um, he's got Take the... Take it all back. Finish him. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he's got all the funny lines throughout it. He's got the... Uh, he's the one that yells fight in the first yeah. uh, boss fight, you know, when Scott doesn't know what to do. and um... he's, he's kind of Scott's biggest cheerleader uh, in, you know... Yeah. Kick, it's the ringside coach. Kicker in, kick the, balls. in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kieran, how much does he care? It's a, it's <laughs> it's it's a weird sort of. Didn't uh, say he was a quality cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> like how much of a friend is he? I, in all honesty, I think he is arguably Scott's best friend. Mm -hmm. um, he's the one that gets Scott to do what he needs to do. Like, yeah, I'm kicking you out. Because you need to get out and get your ass in gear was mm -hmm. kind of the the thing, you know. Hey, you need to defend yourself now. This is what you need to do. Uh, need to grow the f up. And, you yeah, know. it was it was it was a lot of tough love. Um, you but know. also very also very much for himself. Like I, yeah, he it wasn't fully altruistic. That's true. I, I think a lot of what he did was for himself. And even when it was like at these fights, he was disinterested and more interested in in whoever he was banging at the time you know mm -hmm. like i'm drinking beers with, with this guy here and uh scott you know evil x fight yeah oh yeah but but, but the fact but that he's still Cole aware is, of, yeah he's great he's still aware of his surroundings uh yeah but um yeah he's great uh, obviously macaulay culkin's brother i he's i haven't a, seen him in anything else before this and i know he's got a new uh show coming out yeah, on succession. hbo this summer that looks Actually, really? really kind of interesting. I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's Wallace. 
But yeah, I, did too. I was like, I'm interested. At first, kind of just because of him that I watched some of the rest of the previews. It actually looked kind of interesting. I mean, I, I've known him from uh, one of my uh, uh, favorite movies of all time, um, where he was the little brother and father of the bride. So he was a little kid then. Um, and he was in the Home Alones. He was one of the younger brothers to Macaulay Culkin there. So, which made sense. But yeah, other than that, I mean, he hasn't been in a lot. But yeah, that that show coming out called Succession actually looks really good. It's a, uh, I guess, a media mogul family, and the siblings are fighting over who's going to take control of the, uh, the industry. Yeah, dad's getting ready to retire or yep. whatever, and he's one of the siblings. So, yeah. all right, very good. Uh, so let's uh, rapid fire through some of the rest of the characters we have here. Uh, I mean, we all love Stacy Pilgrim uh, with Anna Kendrick, one of her early roles. Yep. We do. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, her delivery is great. Julie uh, with Aubrey Plaza, great. She she nailed everything about that to be the snarky, sarcastic, um, kind of what the hell are you doing here, unfriend to to Scott. I mean, right. she was she may have pulled off one of the better portrayals of her character. Yep. Uh, and if it you want to have a fun movie with uh, Audrey, uh, Aubrey Plaza and uh, Anna Kendrick, check out uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Uh, Good. <laughs> that movie's just, that's in the uh, like American Pie type feel movie, but uh, it's uh, you know just a raunchy comedy, but they're both pretty fun in that. Uh, who else? The exes, I mean... Any of them? Yeah, I've, run through them. Yeah. Uh, so Matthew Patel. I, I don't have the actors' names in front of me for all these, but Sacha, Booba, Baba. But he was fun. Did good Bollywood dancing and uh, all that. So uh, Lucas Lee, Chris Evans. So we love Chris Evans. You were all. He was still on his. Wasn't quite an A-lister yet uh, right. when this came out. He was. He was right there. I don't think. Captain America had come out yet, had it? No, this is post, uh, uh, you know, Fantastic Four, but pre Captain America, I believe. So yeah, or right in that, right in that range somewhere. So yeah. it was hadn't quite had it. So, mm-hmm. but he was awesome. And again, he nailed this. And he's one I really liked uh, for this because, not to go into some of these for too much detail, but he's one very anti Michael Sarah that you can really see his range of what the quality of, of what he can act Yep. as you compare, you know, uh, Chris, uh, uh, Lucas Lee to, you know, Steve Rogers. And that, that's a huge character difference. Yeah. Um, and he pulls them both off so, so well. Yeah. He's, he's, I, got, he's got acting ability. He can, yeah. I think what's interesting about Lucas Lee though, is like, this is one of the more comic book characters because he's such a caricature in a way. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the other ones don't strike me as as pulp comic book style, and mm-hmm. he is so over the top. Right. Oh, he's definitely in, in playing, a great way. He's yeah. he's playing that character up. Yeah, uh, Br- Brandon Routh, uh, Routh uh, played Todd, uh, known for <laughs> Superman, and that's yeah. about it. So. <laughs> did Superman? He was in uh, the Arrow series, um, another comic book based. So it's there's three comic book ties in for one actor, actually. Chris Evans, same thing, three comic books. Right. Um, so, yeah, Brent Ralph was, he was still kind of the same as, you know, from what he played in Arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Superman was, he, he didn't do the best Superman. 
Then Mae Whitman was uh, Roxy Richter. What do we yeah, she's good. House? She was fine. Yeah, uh, I mean she's she's done several things. Uh, in you know, you know she's well she's done several things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She does a voice on that. Yeah, she's April O'Neil in the Ninja the current Ninja Turtles uh cartoon. She's Voltron. Uh, she was in Voltron. Going to yeah. <laughs> And like uh, yeah, she's in a current TV show, uh, Good Girls. Is that the one? Yeah. Which is the show about these mothers who are robbing stores and things like that. So. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And she was Arrested the development. Yeah. And she was the president's daughter in Independence Day. There you go. There Which you I go. just watched like yesterday. <laughs> the Katayanagi twins. I got nothing. I don't know them. Uh, they were fine. They had very little screen time. They were just there to push. You know, synth buttons. Like or synth no keys. lines. <laughs> I, I like love the fact they actually were apparently twins, or at least brothers at the very least. Uh, are they? So. Not in real life, no. Yeah. Look at their names. They they're, have the same last name. I assume they're related. They look different. So they're at least brothers. They may not be twins, but it was uh, Kita Saito and Shota Saito. Oh, okay. Well, they're spelled differently. Okay. <laughs> no, they're not. Maybe, well, they are in IMDb. Well, and the credits on the movie. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they're fine. And then we have uh, Gideon Graves. So Jason Schwartzman, who's uh, who's been in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy. What do you... <laughs> so. Yeah, he's... He, man, we, we talked about this a lot in those minutes that he was in where he, he plays that smarmy, arrogant, cocky, cock, guy so well he just chews it up every, yeah, every scene absolutely. he just chews it up and uh yeah he's because uh, he's got to play this certain character too and also then he's got his fight moments and just you know the arrogance when he was just one hand and fighting with the other hand behind his back and you know he just he he plays that character so well uh you you need a character that looks like you should hate him before he even says a word you know some character some actors just have the look of that ass and you know he has that look for this character that really comes across. So definitely, I think it's uh, interesting that that you know Jason Schwartzman is not a big guy, but when he is on screen, he owns the whole screen. Right. It's, it's a spread. <laughs> like, like you said, he chews yeah. it up. Like he is he is such a presence mm-hmm. as Gideon. Love him. And uh, just lastly, uh, Bill Hader does the voice of the uh, all the. Uh, video game voices so when you would say you know yeah well i think it like like the intro you know once upon a time in toronto and all that he does the voices you know with the countdown at the end he does the voices for solo round or good 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 combo that was all him Mm -hmm. so and he does a lot of that so any other characters you guys want to bring up and envy adams yeah envy thank you (laughs) sorry i'm scrolling hello yep envy so uh yeah uh Good on her. Looked yeah, great. that was that was great too. Yeah. Her introduction, a couple introductions. Yeah, I mean, we have the introduction where she meets Scott in the coffee shop, and Scott's like, "Shit." Uh, <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> um, uh, I want to go back there now. Great introduction with her there, but then you really get reintroduced to her when the band plays, and you get that mm-hmm. that song. And we're going to talk about music in another uh, credits episode. Get so three intros to her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which, which is the phone call. The phone call too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you, you know, only see her from, you know, nose hairs down and whatnot. So I don't think we saw her eyes in that, did we? It was just kind of the nose. I don't think so. Yeah, it was just like her lips talking into a I phone. Think, so. I thought we saw her eyes when she like, you know, looks down and away or something. Mm-hmm. I just oh. remember that happening. But yeah, she was great. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> her name's yeah. Ramona. She's America. She's American. Oh. oh. <laughs> what do you know her? No. Yeah, you may you may be right. Yeah, the <laughs> So. Let's go back and watch the movie. Hey, very good. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> all right. Starting yeah, sure, we should watch this movie at some point actually without without pausing like all, it so all the often. Other ones? <laughs> uh, it's so okay, yeah. We'll talk about that. Any <laughs> other uh, any other actors? I just noticed that Brian Lee O'Malley uh Makes an appearance uh, in Lee's palace as a bar patron. Yeah, I think he was like behind the, he was behind the shoulder of somebody during one of the scenes. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think he has any lines or anything, but yeah. But yep, that's about uh, it. Komu, uh, Komu was awesome. Yeah, we liked him. He um, was he was a ton of fun for the three or four scenes that we got him in. Um, yeah, the comic book is better than the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, their first album was better than their first album. Um, Those are all good lines. Yeah, there's just just to point out on the credits on the movie, one of the last ones is just some guy. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just because it goes you know Kyle that's, Katianagi, uh, Ken Katianagi, some guy. Because that was um, that was some guy's junk. Right. Oh, yeah. oh okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. So he was in bed with, with Wallace. Yep, and, and that was yeah, because he was referred to as some guy like twice in that scene. So they just listed him in the credits as some guy. <laughs> oh, the, the vegan police? Yeah, yeah. We get Thomas was Thomas it? Jane. Thomas Jane, yep. Thomas Jane, who could be Aaron Eckhart, who could be yes. Thomas Jane. Uh, I, I <laughs> keep confusing like the Eckhart. two of them. Um <laughs> and uh oh the other guy, uh Clifton Collins, who I don't know from anything else, but looks like he want, he was channeling like uh, Rob Schneider or something like that. I always, I, for the longest time, I thought it was Rob Schneider. Right, I <laughs> probably thought that as well. But yeah, and they it, were great. Looks like him and kind of talks like him too. Yeah, same delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, very good. Any any last people? Otherwise, we'll let this one go. I'm I'm skimming, but I think right. that's well. We can bring them up in other episodes. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for this one. Uh, Dave, uh, how can uh, the listeners participate in the show? You can find us on the Twitter at Scott. Oh God, I forgot my notes on this. Hang on here. Like on never Twitter done this before. Scott versus Minute hashtag some guy. You can find us at scottversusminute.com. You can find us on the Facebook Scott versus Minute, and you can email us at scottversusminute at gmail.com. Very good. And Sam and I have a podcast that we do, and he's going to tell you about it. That podcast is one in which Brian and I review obscure movies on streaming services, such as The Scenesters. Uh, our show is called Streaming Nonsense, and you can find us at streamingnonsense.com. I'm always waiting. I'm pa- if you all are wondering, like I'm looking at Brian, like is he going to do something more than nod right here? Is he just going <laughs> to silently nod into the mic? Yes, I, I remember that Thumbs movie. up, things like that. Yeah. You can also find Dave and I at podcastderby.com where we uh, review beer, uh, pop culture, and other things that interest us. So that's going to do it for this minute. We'll see you all in just a minute.